Hello and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches Lauren and Lindsay. Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve. If you'd like more of us or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hello. Hi there. It's so weird when we introduce, we've just been sat here chatting for like <laughs> 10 minutes anyway. Yeah, but it's always nice to have a formal yeah. Good afternoon, Lauren. We're saying hello to you guys too. Yeah, Top hello. Top morning here. Hello, everyone. It's not morning. It might be when they're listening to it. True. Oh, good evening. Yeah. Could oh. be any time of day. Yeah. Any day of the week. Bonne nuit. Bonne nuit? <laughs> Don't know. Big one today. It is, yeah. Uh, and I think important, and I think we've probably thought about this, but we have been prompted by a couple of um, clients, um, so thank you for your question and request. I will just read out one of them um, because it's pretty concise and then Lauren's going to get into it. Get stuck in, darling. <laughs> so have you, or, uh, have you done or have you thought about doing a podcast on how one could... She's, she's, very, she's very posh, this client. American. Oh. <laughs> how one could talk to a teenager or child to help counter the diet culture and societal influence on body image and food relationships. I see some of the same things happening to my niece and nephew that I'm recognising in myself and I would love to help provide a positive counter so that they grow up more confident in their body image and, a hel- and have a healthy relationship with food. But how do I do that when I'm struggling myself? Great bloody question. Really good question. And I think so many people are feeling that because when I had mentioned to a few parents that we were going to do a podcast on this, they were like, yes, yes, yes. I don't know what, you know, how to help them all. Yeah. So really good question. And what I love is that I shared that question with you. We've both gone away, thought about it, come back and we've got identical answers. So I'm excited about this one. We are great. (laughs) We're just great. And we're right about everything. And you should just listen to us. But, okay, I'll start with my list and then we'll just jump on in. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the most obvious point about it is to not discuss aesthetics and dieting and food rules and things with your teens or your kids. So, for example, um, if you're dieting and you're trying to lose body fat, don't discuss it around them. That is the obvious one. Don't be discussing like losing body fat or calorie counting or what you look like or what you don't like about yourself or commenting on other people's weight or their weight loss. You know, even if it's a TV presenter, oh, she's put on a few pounds or, oh, they look good. They lost a few pounds. Like it's a slip of the tongue thing that people do all the time, but your kids will absolutely pick up on those comments. So the most obvious point is to not discuss or engage in dieting talk or food rules or restriction in front of them so if you sat down having family dinner you know if you're pulling out potatoes and saying no I don't want the carbs so I'm you know watching my figure they will notice that and they will pick up on that so self-awareness and self-monitoring around how you are behaving and what you're saying in front of them is massive I mean firstly as well we want to say there is no judgment from us and I don't want you to feel like when you listen to this 
the points that we raise now is like, you know, you hear something and you go, oh no, I do that. Oh no, I've already done that. What, like, don't panic about it, okay? You are perfectly normal. We all do it. I'm a parent and, you know, I'm a coach and I still have to work really hard to not comment on, you know, oh my God, she looks great in that dress or whatever. Like, it's really, really hard. But I think the initial thing is to really try and notice and recognise, like, how much chatter in your house goes on around body image like just notice it and I think if you can be curious about that first and foremost and even I think sometimes if you do find you you know this comes up with your your teenagers um or you know teenagers around you like she said it's a nephew and niece that you know you could start a really interesting conversation about it but framed in a really more positive way of like you know getting them to notice how much it, you know it sort of it is around them as well um so there's, there's sort of two two ways i think of, of approaching it um but as lauren said really ideally what we want to do is minimize minimize chatter as much as we can about um frank's just digging something up by the sound frank's of it. just having a turd behind <laughs> us so if you can hear scraping noises i'm so sorry frank's like this is bullshit <laughs> yeah, shut up guys let me take it try and catch it God damn it. Um, but Frank. yeah, off the off the back of you saying that, as parents, I'm not a parent, but no parent is out there going, God, I hope my child has a shit relationship with food when they're older and poor body image. Nobody wants that for their kid. So you are doing your absolute best. And when you know better, you can do better. So I guess I should have started with working on your own relationship with food and your own um, body image is obviously paramount because how can you then teach those things to your children if you aren't sure yourself and that's where people yeah. like me and Lindsay come in and coaches and therapy and journaling and all of those things that we talk about in how to improve body image and relationship with food stuff do the work yourself so that then you can be better for your children and be a better role model for them to look up to yeah and I think again you can be quite transparent about that because I think sometimes it is like you know where you have um <clears throat> And again, I'm not saying that these things necessarily lead on to eating disorders, but things can be become quite secretive. Like, um, you know, if 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 there's been um, if there are food issues or there's things going on at school and there's people, you know, ch- other children talking to your kids about things or there's any level of bullying things that you don't know about, you know, that can become quite secretive. And I think sometimes keeping an open dialogue and not making it like we don't talk about food, like that also can be. Um, counterproductive really so um, that goes on to as well if there is a conversation and somebody has i.e labeled a food like you know a granddad or a grandparent maybe has said oh that's a that's a naughty food or you know oh that's yeah should you be eating that that sort of (laughs) statement um i'll come back to you know that guy who said to me a moment on the lips a lifetime Mm. on the hips well i just had a comment this weekend so yeah it's not even old news it still happens yeah yeah this is this is it so you know it's gonna happen and it's like you know try not to let yourself get too triggered by that but um i would be trying to talk to um, my children about what foods do for us so you know some foods provide us with energy some foods help us grow some foods help us get stronger some foods help us with our hormones you know so it's like if you've got really active sporty kids like they need a broad spectrum they need all the macronutrients um and it's to not go or fat's bad or you know we've been through these years of low fat diets and low carb diets and all of this stuff so and there is so much mixed and confusing information 
wherever you sort of look that it's really hard I think for people to know what what is the right thing to do and this is why adults struggle with it so you can see where then children could be uh, be pulled down that road as well so I think yeah just just try and move things away from labeling foods and um and applying any kind of emotional um link to certain foods as well comfort foods my grandma used to do it to me like and it's not like she did it to me she thought she was doing the right thing like oh have a biscuit do you want a biscuit Mm-hmm. that make you feel better you know we do it to friends as well like mm-hmm. let's yeah. have a cup of tea and a slice of cake it'll make you feel better mm-hmm. you know so it's that kind of putting those emotions on food is not particularly helpful yeah um another good tip is to give better compliments and this isn't just to your children but to your friends to yourself to anybody else just give better compliments that is not around what you look like or what they look like or body image Frank is just meowing his little face off today. Frank, we're trying to do one serious podcast here and you're coming in and you're ruining it for Frank everyone. the saboteur. <laughs> um, so yeah, give better compliments. So instead of being like, oh, you look pretty or you look like this. Oh, you know, Sally lost weight. She Doesn't she look great? Why don't you talk about their kindness or their bravery or their thoughtfulness or how did they help a kid at school today or were they kind to their teacher today or did they win their football match? Like there's so many other things that those kids are doing that you could compliment on it does not need to be and should not be about what they look like yeah. and if we can give better compliments they'll learn to give better compliments and it just takes that emphasis of the importance of what we look like completely away yeah well as much as we can yeah and it's um like applying how much effort they've applied to things that that sort of thing i think completely like we we make it less about the physical and more about what kind of person they are and what mm. they're throwing out into the world. Yeah. Um, so positively, I would encourage children to try different things and learn about different fruits and veg, um, but not trying to force them to eat things that they don't like. So like, I would encourage children to try a new vegetable, but give them the opportunity to then choose like if they try asparagus for the first time yeah I think there was a thing wasn't there it's like you've got to try something like 12 times before you actually really know whether you like it or not is that 12 times because I've tried olives 12 times in my life and I still well you definitely don't like olives I don't like olives um but yeah give them the opportunity to say and just to go you know discuss maybe the texture of that vegetable um, and the flavour and, and then for them to be like actually no I don't like that but then I would always say to my kids well it's great at least you've tried it and now you know mm-hmm. so it's just you know presenting them with different options um, and trying to without making it like you've got to eat your vegetables mm-hmm. and you've got to eat this and you should be eating that uh, it's like trying to get them to sort of enjoy more variety I think and be more interested in um had one of Ada's friends over at the weekend and she was like what's the difference between a satsuma and a a nectarine and I said do you know what I don't know let's have a look and I was like this is actually like quite interesting like we're all learning here (laughs) but I thought that's really nice like it was a nice conversation um and yeah we both learned something from that yeah off the back of that one which you're touching on is kind of like let your child kind of honour their internal hunger cues as well. So instead of having them sit there and say, you can't have your pudding until you've finished it all, you know, maybe say, how is your tummy feeling? Are you feeling, you know, this way? Are you feeling that way? Like, have them tell you, like, if they're feeling full, don't force them to finish what's on their plate if they are full, because that is where 
40 years down the line, they're still eating everything that's put in front of them and they're struggling with weight loss and they're struggling with health issues and they come to coaches like us and we're saying, oh, did you used to get have to eat everything on your plate and they're like yes I can't throw it away because of starving children in Africa and so um that still goes on now and if you said that to your kids you know it's so normal parents do do that it's like you said at the beginning don't beat yourself up and feel like oh my god I said this last night yeah it's just picking up on it and you know let them tell you if they are full but obviously I, I don't have kids so as far as their awareness on have they eaten enough for the day and being able to express that I'm not exactly sure where children to sit on I guess it'd be their age as well but if we use dessert as a reward for overfilling that is not a good lesson to learn going into adult life like dessert as a reward anyway is not great but dessert as a reward for then stuffing yourself with food beforehand is really not a good lesson to learn yeah I think yeah you've it it just leads to where we do find adults who have no idea what 80% full feels like or they you know it's that not knowing exactly you know how their body feels at any certain point along the hunger scale um and you know looking at that satisfaction um I do have two kids and what I try to do is let them you know they'll go I've had enough and it might be they've eaten a little bit later or they, they maybe had um you know some snacks they have this habit of coming home from school and if one of their friends comes over and they've got sneaky little snacks in their bag then they've already (laughs) eaten something before um they sit down at the table but even still like I'll notice oh you've probably eaten something before because you were really hungry when you came in and now you're not um but, but they'll generally go I've had enough and I'll come back to it later. And generally, they do come back to it later, mm. and it's fine. You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, I think that's another thing is like to not make the meal time stressful. Like that thing of you know forcing. Well, you can't get up from the table until you've cleared your plate. Um, or I've cooked this really great meal for you. I've spent all this time cooking this meal for you, and then it's like that guilt thing of, of mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Feelings, meal times, yeah, anxious it, and yeah, stressful exactly. and not a calm, mindful experience. Yeah, and this is it. You start unpicking and unraveling there why we have so many emotions around eating, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I know I had that narrative of like, you know, there are children starving in Africa. You should be, you know, grateful. And, my, you know, our household, we didn't have like a high income or anything like that. It was like every meal was like somebody's worked hard to put this on the table so you know there was definitely that guilt around eating when I was younger of you know um of of not leaving food behind um and also the scarcity of it so you know this is where the, the emotional side of things does come in yeah an interesting study so when I went to a um level up event and I can't remember who did the talk actually but there was a study done around regular family meal times and adults relationship with food down the line and so what they found was the children who had regular family meal times together grew up with better relationships with food and more healthful food habits or less unhealthful food habits than children who didn't have regular meal times sat down with the family so actually regular family meals sat together is huge for um the future of your children's kind of outlook on meals and food and what that means to them and eating mindfully and slowly and you know talking over dinner and not just wolfing it down anxious and stressed and in front of the tv and you know set them up for good habits down the line as well yeah I would just be saying yeah no if if we sit and eat a meal like and they have their phones I'm like you they need to go away because you need to be engaged with 
you know, what you're eating, like sitting there, not for, for a start, it's antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the whole thing of like making mealtime something that is enjoyable, part of that is no tech at the table. No concentrate table. on what you're eating. Concentrate on what's going in. Concentrate on, um, well, just enjoy the company that's that's around you, and and it's a a nice thing. Just make it a nice thing to do. I think without all of those distractions that again carry through to adulthood. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, all of the things that we're saying here are things that we see people have probably done from being children themselves, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, we've Lauren and I just before we've come on, if you're discussing, you know, you you learn better and then you do better. So once you know a different way of doing things, that's when you can start implementing those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we don't want to be adding on like loading on guilt or you to mm. feel anxious because everybody's just doing their best and we all yeah. cock up at times and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a lot of people out there going, why, my mum didn't do that and I didn't learn from her. Like, my mum had, we had regular meals, she cooked healthy food, never talked about mm. weight, never talked... Like, I cannot look back at a time and think, oh, I picked that up from my mum at all. So it is not just... Parents. Parents. Yes, you can be a role model and set the tone and that will they will come back around and they will see what their family life was like and they will model off that but they might go through a teen phase of sure mum tiktok knows better than you mum um like i did maybe not tiktok but so don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect because it's not just you they're picking it up from and that's important to to remember because i definitely can't say that i got any of my personal things from my mum so yeah important to note that um and then another one, a, b- a big one, I suppose, is emotional eating stems from emotional dysregulation. And I'm not a parent and cannot, you know, tell you how to talk about things with your child. And every child's going to be different about their emotional intelligence and talking about feelings and their emotions. But if you can open up those conversations and make it easier for kids to talk about what they're feeling and name their emotions and help with that you know, regulation of emotions, that will help down the line with their emotional eating or to not emotionally eat, which is like overeating, binge eating, disordered eating, all of those things. And one of my clients, I don't know if they're doing this through school or whether she's just doing it with her kids, but she's got them little like kid journal books and it is the sweetest thing ever. And they're writing like what they're looking forward to the next day. It's like gratitude and, you know, it is so cute. And she put, um, this little girl put... um, I'm looking forward to jumping in the puddles on, on the way to school tomorrow or something like that. And she was like, that is just so genuine and like just stripped back of all the shit that's going on. She just wants to jump in puddles. Mm. Like I thought, oh, it's just so sweet. But yeah, if you can get your kids talking and thinking and feeling and talking about what they're feeling and open up those conversations and allow that space, that will be huge for them moving forward into adulthood where most of us um don't know anything beyond bad sad and <laughs> i am fine thanks you yeah yeah don't ask me actually how i am because yeah, good um, you don't want to open that worm can um yeah, yeah. I, I think we've about covered mm. everything on here but yeah i'm just coming back to the point really of like being kind to yourself first and foremost um no standing in front of a mirror saying oh my god look at my big fat ass um etc because then that gives the narrative that that's what we do when we stand in front of mirrors is try and find things that are wrong with our bodies um i think you know for yourself and 
for those around you um it's much more helpful to not be body scanning or looking in the mirror constantly or checking what your tummy looks like or what your side profile looks like or yeah being basically slagging yourself off in front of a mirror Mm. um i think yeah kids really do pick up on that you don't necessarily even have to be talking about food either but if you're stood there tearing your own body apart then Mm. you know what we're coming back to that thing of what sort of messages do we want to send out and even if you still don't feel great about your body like just try and talk about it less um and try and neutralize the way that you feel about it Mm -hmm. um it's steps again like if you can't say i love my body or you even like your body you can say I'm okay with my body. I can appreciate like, what yeah, it does. Yeah, I can appreciate what it. it does for me. So if you, you know, it's just that thing again of being curious about and noticing your the way that you talk about yourself and food and the relationship between the two for yourself and in front of, in this, um, in the line of this podcast, in front of um, children, your own and others. Yeah, you might not believe it yourself yet, but the more you do this kind of work, eventually you will get to that better place. And before we came on, I had said to Lindsay, you know, the best way of learning is by teaching. And a massive part of what helped me with my relationship with food and body image and everything over the last few years is how much I have taught to other women. Because eventually it does stick in your head. And I'm like, believing the things that I was telling my clients. And this is, you know, from a few years ago now, obviously it's stuck in there now, but teaching is the best way of learning. So work on it yourself and then when you know better do better and teach your children the same thing and if you need any help message me or Lindsay. this what we do we can help you (laughs) we can we can lovely stuff excellent that was nice short and sweet frank's now gone left us a stinking turd (laughs) frank stopped emptying himself in the (laughs) i hope that's not too scrapey and scratchy for you guys but uh yeah if you've got any questions or need any more support just drop me or Lindsay a message Cheers. Bye. Bye.